This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is officially time to go out to the Boxer and Gerson guest line. Steve Kerr sponsored by Xfinity. The Xfinity 10G network is made for streaming live sports, which means it's the network you can rely on in the biggest moments. The Xfinity 10G network, the best way to stream live sports, and also presented by great clips in sports. Success is about team effort, and the same is true for your hair. Great clips. It's going to be great. Here he is, everyone, Coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. Great to uh, great to have you, as always. Let's, uh, let's hop right into it. Your impressions, at least in the immediate term, what, uh, what the, the, the reemergence of Draymond uh, means for this team's X's and O's. Well, he changes things quite a bit. I mean, obviously, we immediately get better defensively. And then on offense, he gives us, um, you know, another playmaker. I think maybe the best thing he does offensively is push the pace. You know, um, you saw a couple of those last night where the other team scores and he just races the ball up the court. And, um, you know, that causes a lot of confusion. And so he, he got, he changes the, uh, you know, the pace of the game for us offensively. And obviously, you know, defensively, he He's um, he's still able to play at a really high level, so we're we're happy to have him back. What's the timeline in terms of his minutes going back up to a normal level and him getting back into the starting lineup? I don't have a timeline for that. Um, you know, I, I think um, we'll we'll just continue to progress one game at a time, and uh, uh, he, he'll 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 continue to you know be. Um, you know, probably in the twenties minutes wise for, you know, uh, tomorrow. And then we'll see how he's doing the next day. And we just, we kind of take it a day, day by day. And, and, um, I think a lot depends on, um, as far as the starting lineup, I mean, we're, you know, look, we've made a lot of changes this year. We've been searching and, uh, we're obviously still searching, but, uh, we've, we, we've got to just play it by year. We can't make plans for, you know, two games from now, three games from now. Coach, you guys have all said it. Draymond always going to be himself, so there was no question he would always uh, be a talker and a vocal leader. And his comments, we just played them for our audience uh, after this game about how if we don't start to play with more pride, we're going to continue to suck. My, my question is, after everything the Warriors have been through with him this year, how do his words still resonate with the rest of the guys? Oh, I think the guys to, uh, definitely respect him, and and um, you know he's been welcomed back into the building with open arms by all of our players. And um, you know, there's great respect for his voice in the locker room. I, I think he knows that he has a lot to answer for in terms of you know not being available for us this year. I mean, he's been pretty candid about that, and uh, so I think he understands coming back. Um, he he has a voice, but he also can't overdo it. He's kind of kind of got to walk the line because um, he's accountable for 
for for what he's put the the team through this year as well. Uh, what do you think specifically about what he said uh, about playing with more pride on on defense and and that currently being a problem? You know, it's really interesting. I mean, I, my my thoughts right after the game were um, maybe similar, and then I watched the tape and I watched I watched our guys really competing and playing hard, and I I watched them make a you know the uh, Grizzlies make a ton of shots, difficult shots. Um, you know, I, I didn't think we were poised. I was more actually after watching the tape. I was more concerned offensively than defensively because I think a lot of the mistakes we made on offense led to uh, the defensive issues. So, you know, watching the tape, our guys are trying. Our, they're, they're competing. I think we had two games last week at home where we did not compete and we we lost our our, our confidence, lost our belief. Um, this entire road trip, our guys are competing, playing hard. Uh, that's been the standard here for a long time. And I still see that, uh, but we're obviously struggling uh, to to find confidence and to find a groove to to win games. Nineteen turnovers and Steph goes eleven of twenty from the floor. Had to really work for all the shots he could get. Where are you finding the deficiencies in terms of the rest of the offense? Well, I think uh, you know we, it, it's really interesting if you look at the previous uh, fifteen games. Uh, before last night, we're, we're a top five offense in the league. You know, so offense has not been a problem. In fact, we've been taking great care of the ball. I think over those 15 games, we were top five in fewest turnovers. So the offense has not been a problem until last night. And I think last night the problem was the turnovers. And, and look, Memphis has played us a ton. We've seen them in the playoffs a couple of times. Uh, you know, they have a plan against us that they like to execute that has given us some problems. It gave us some problems last night. And and I give them a lot of credit. I mean, even with all their guys missing, uh, I just thought Memphis played a great game. And, and um we we sort of fell into the trap a little bit. We we forced the issue on some plays and and made some some turnovers that we shouldn't have, and and that allowed Memphis to stay in the game. You know, with those transition threes. So that was the whole thing to me last night was um, you know the uh, the turnovers leading to to transition hoops. Steve Kerr with us here on uh, Willard and Tibbs as he is every week on ninety five seven The Game. Coach, I'll be real straight with you here. I'm sure you know this. Uh, the fan base here seems to have just settled with the idea that Andrew Wiggins is going to be moved at some point at the deadline and has sort of thrown their collective hands up at uh, at the way he's playing, almost just settling with the idea that this is just now him. I, I don't get it. I still have these questions. And so I don't know any other way to ask this other than to say, what happened? What, what has happened to Andrew Wiggins? Well... I mean that's a that's a pretty broad question. I can tell you that you know watching the tape from last night, uh, watching him in Chicago, watching him over the previous month, uh, I think he's much different now than where he was in the beginning of the season. I, I think he was out of rhythm to start the year after missing so much of last year. Um, I, I think you know he got off to a slow start. It kind of snowballed on him. But I think over the last month or so, he's played a lot better. He's had a couple games where, obviously, you know, he's he struggled with his shot, but he's competing. He was into the ball all night last night, sprinting the floor, um, attacking the rim. So I think Wiggs is playing a lot better, personally. I know it's not showing as much, and I know our fans are frustrated. We're all frustrated. 
frustrated. You know, we're we're losing games, and uh, so what happens is, you know, when you lose, you just everybody is going to to try to find one answer, and you know, maybe it's maybe it's the coach, maybe it's you know one of the players, maybe it's you know whatever. The reality is, it's always a lot of things. You know, um, it's when you when you're losing, when you're in a bad way, it's never one thing. It's always a lot of things, and and I think we all have to own it. You know, the players, the coaches, uh, management, like this is us. We're all in this together, and um, we've we've got to get this right. Is this Wiggins, the Wiggins that you're seeing playing more assertively and playing with more impact? Is he able to play with Jonathan Kaminga alongside? Because that's another thing we hear from fans is clamoring for even more Kaminga. 29 minutes last night. Are you seeing that when Wiggins plays like this, that he and Kaminga can start to play together more? They, they on this road trip they've played better together. They've played uh, both in Milwaukee and in Chicago uh, more minutes, and it and it's it's looking better for sure. Um, you know, I I I think the uh, the, the whole thing with um, with uh, the combinations is it's not just you know those two playing together. It's which three they're playing with, and and that's been uh, you know a big part of this season is. Um, is really struggling to find consistent combinations other than the second unit um, with Chris Paul and, and Dario anchoring that group. Uh, we've really struggled. We've moved our starting lineup around so much, and and uh, and that's where it's been tricky. You know, you you, um, you 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 like certain guys together, maybe other guys don't fit as well, and we just the puzzle hasn't quite fit. There's no question about it. Coach, it was only about a week and a half ago that reports kind of surfaced that that uh, Jonathan Kaminga was was frustrated. You you've been pretty open about it. He mentioned a meeting you guys had that he said went really well. Now he's playing great on this road trip. How would you characterize how the two of you are doing with regard to being on the same page? <laughs> Uh, we're doing fine. Well, you know, I, I talk to J.K. Uh, almost every day. We watch film uh, all the time, and and um, you know he's 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 coming into his own in a lot of ways, and he still has um, you know a lot of things that uh, he's got to get better with, and that's just the reality of of um, you know a, a relatively inexperienced third year player. You know, um, so there's there's details. Um, that um, we're we're going over with him every day. That we're trying to 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 get him to uh, to be consistent with. Uh, we see a lot of plays on film where, you know, he can attack the rim before he gets the ball. He can be in a place, you know, to to attack the rim, and we need that desperately. You know, you guys know that. Our fans know that. Um, we're you know we're an older team. We're not super athletic, and so we need his athleticism. And um, but we need it to to. Um, to to manifest itself in in uh, a lot of ways that um, you know he's not yet consistent with and and that's why the minutes uh, can fluctuate uh, and um, you know he he but he's he's been a great um, listener he's great a great young guy I enjoy being around him his frustration is something that basically everybody goes through in the NBA but especially young guys who aren't playing as much as they want so I didn't take that personally I love JK um, I think he's really coming along well and um, you know I'm gonna we're gonna keep working together how is he progressing in terms of his defense not only his individual defense but in terms of the team scheme defensively as well well, the individual defense is a strong suit. You know, he's best on the ball. And uh, like most young players, um, you know, there's uh, the, the off 
football stuff is a is a harder picture to navigate. There's a lot of moving parts and probably a little bit like, you know, being a, a middle linebacker in the NFL or something. You know, you you got to know what everybody is doing when you're off the ball and you've got to see what the offensive pattern is. You've got to know what each uh, player's skill set is um, when you're on the ball, you just guard the ball, and and um, so that's the simplest way for impact for him to impact the game. Uh, the off ball stuff is is he's progressing with it, and we're you know we're working every day with with our all of our young guys on uh, you know just seeing all those pictures. The the only way to do it is to get reps. I mean, you just have to see these pictures over and over again, and uh, so the the playing time is great because it it helps them see them and it, it helps them get better. Coach, you've already addressed this once. This year, so so I, I'd love to hear it after this particular game. Um, Forty free throws for Memphis, ten for you. What, what what's your reaction to that? Well, again, I I thought um, there were some reaches. You know, there were some um, plays that uh, we've got to be more disciplined with. Um, it didn't feel like a terrible fouling game, honestly, um, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, bad decisions reaching. It felt more like we were vulnerable because of our offense and the transition off of our turnovers, and we were we were put in positions because of our offense where we uh, we, we didn't, transition back uh into our defensive shell very well we were compromised and and that led to a lot of those fouls um but you know we fouled a couple shooters and and uh, you can't make those mistakes those are killers especially against a team like that where you know they're undermanned and so you know what they're going to try to do they're going to try to make a lot of threes and try to turn you over um you know to to generate easy points and they were able to do that so they shot 40, you shot 10. Steph Curry gets just one free throw. Do you need to go full-on Mike Brown laptop mode in order to get refs <laughs> to get the chef to the line, Steve? Uh, yeah, I mean, there were a couple plays for sure that, that um, you know, felt – uh, like we we should have gone to the line. I think J.K. Um, has earned more free throws as well. Um, but um, you know, it's there. Every game's like that. Every coach is going to look at plays and say, "Hey, my guy got fouled." And to me, that had nothing to do with the loss last night. It was you know, what I thought happened last night. I thought there were three or four key moments in the game where we were up six, seven, um, and we have a moment where, you know, we need to stop. Uh, we need to take advantage of an offensive advantage, you know, a transition play. Maybe we got a turnover. Maybe they made a big shot. Uh, maybe we fouled them. But each time we were, you know, right there within striking range of uh, breaking the game open, uh, we weren't able to do so, and that that's what cost us the game. Uh, Coach, I saw you uh, kind of poke a little fun at the Mike Brown situation. <laughs> I Do you wish you guys could speak a little bit more freely about all things, uh, officiating, whatever, decisions that are made at, at, at the end of games. It feels like there's a bubble around that topic after games. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, I think, look, I spoke my mind after the Denver game on Christmas Day, you know, and, and, and I, I said it then and and um you know I, I stand by it i think our officials do a great job i think uh, as a league we have to assess uh how we're teaching them and and what we've done over the last decade um in terms of um enabling the offensive players you guys see it you know it's um all the rules uh, all the uh 
the way we the ways we um, sort of um, assess um, different rules they're all slanted towards the offense and um, and a lot of them are just you know kind of non basketball plays that we've allowed and uh, I think there's you know I think there's a there's a pretty big wave of momentum in the league right now of um, a lot of people coaches players who who, who realize like we got to get back to just playing basketball and I think I think we're going to see some movement in that direction. Yeah, I miss uh, Lawler's Law, the old first to 100 wins. Now that's like a third-quarter axiom. It doesn't <laughs> even apply anymore. Steve, you got Utah tomorrow, home Friday against Dallas, and then four days off. Is the plan for extra practice or to give, like you said, your aging team a little bit of a breather? Probably both. You know, we'll uh, we'll give them a couple of days off and then have a couple of good days of practice. And um we need both, really. You know, you, you can see our guys, uh, I thought, looked a little gassed last night. And, uh, you know, the, I think it's it's, um, it, it's probably difficult for people to understand just how tiring it is for Steph Clay Draymond to, to have done this for 12 years. I mean, it, it's, it's mind-boggling when I think about the, the physical and emotional, spiritual output from the last 12 years uh, that these guys have been together. All the big games, um, you know, so many um, seasons, long seasons, championship seasons, um, seasons that end in disappointment. I mean, it it adds up, and there's, you know, there's a reason that, uh, you know, that that at times it it looks like we just don't, you know, have enough. And, and, um, these guys are tired, but they, they, they're all still really good, and that's the thing. And we've got to find a way to just navigate through the season and get them get the best versions of them and bring along our young guys at the same time. And yeah. that's, you know, not, it's proven to not be easy, but that's, that's the goal. Yeah, Coach, that's an interesting comment. And, and, you know, I've thought about this a couple of times recently. When you guys lost to the Lakers in the playoffs last year, you you came on with us and and there were comparisons being made to this in the last dance and you you were very clear you're like this isn't that the, yeah. these guys have got a ton left um now we've watched a number of games this year to to what level do you still feel that way I feel that way but I think it's um you know we're we're just more vulnerable each game you know, we have a smaller margin for error. Um, you know, we've got uh, injuries have, have ravaged us lately, and with that, that has um, you know that have really hurt us, and and so we're more vulnerable than we've ever been. But you know, you guys have watched uh, all three of these guys: Steph, Clay, Draymond. They're all really capable uh, of having big nights, of of playing at a really high level. Um, you've watched our team play at, at a really high level, and then you've seen over the last couple of weeks, in particular, some real low points and. Uh, so we're at a different stage in in um, you know our um, existence as a team. We all understand that, and uh, and that's why you try to to supplement the roster. That's why you try to bring the the young guys along as as best you can, and and you try to win along the way. And and um, look, I would say we've you know done a pretty good job of that. We did win a championship uh, in case people forgot <laughs> a year and a half ago, you know, and and uh, we 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 got to the second round last year and had a chance to get to the conference finals and lost to a really good Laker team like you know we're this has been a rough go this year no doubt but you know when you look at the big picture 
it's been a you know pretty pretty valiant run by these guys over the last uh, three seasons. You know, defending a championship and 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 uh, really trying to keep it going. So I believe in my guys. I love those guys, and and we're going to keep fighting. Yeah, it's been a good little run, uh, Steve. Four titles, and uh, you know, after a, a franchise that uh, leaned on a playoff series win as the high point for the better part of thirty years, is it tougher to to prolong this season in particular? Having to rely on so many young players, particularly a guy like Brandon Podjemski, who seems like he might be hitting a little bit of a rookie wall. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I, I said that last week after a tough night. I think he had against Toronto, and then uh, he goes to Milwaukee and gets the start and gets 23 points and 10 boards. He he looked pretty lively in that game, and and uh, also in Chicago and and in Memphis. So, I don't know. I, I I just think Brandon is a gamer. I think he's tough. I think he's got um, you know huge energy. Um, he's a he's a keeper. This guy's a good player. You know, as is Trace. Uh, and I, I just uh, you know between those guys and Moses and, and Jonathan. Uh, we got we got some young guys in the hopper who were who were looking good, and I, I think that bodes well for the future. Coach, before you run, those comments you were just making about looking back on on everything that the big three uh, have achieved is interesting. The last two home games, you guys have heard some boos, watched some people walk for the exits early. Uh, your, your old friend uh, Amin Al Hassan was on with us last week, and, and he really said it, it like it's absurd that any Warrior fan would boo, um, especially when that group is out there. What, what are your thoughts on, on that experience, especially as you guys prepare to come back home? I actually, I actually am fine with it. I, I said it last week. Um, we deserve to be booed those two games. And and look, I, I didn't walk out of that building, you know, saying I can't believe we're getting booed. Um, we've won four championships. You know, like if you look at it in the big picture, sure, it makes it makes no sense. But if you watched those games and you saw how non-competitive we were, and I'm a I'm someone who spent several hundred bucks on tickets uh, to watch that performance. I got no problem. You know, this this is sports, and um, we're in the entertainment business. Uh, you know, people pay good money to watch us play. Uh, we got to give them what their money's worth, and we didn't in those two nights. And uh, what I am proud of is that, you know, over the course of the, the last decade, um, we, we have given people their money's worth, and the, the goal is to continue to do that. And our guys are, I have no doubt, um, going to fight, you know, every step of the way. And um, there were, you know, there, there was a, a stretch there. No question, those, those two home games where we lost some faith, we lost some belief. And uh, our guys, you know, have, have uh, been competing ever since. And I have no doubt that's going to continue. Coach Kerr, thanks as always for answering all the questions, man. All right, you guys. Take care. Have a good night. All right, you too. There he is, Coach Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors at Utah tomorrow night right here on 95.7 The Game. It's getting, um, it's not getting late, but it's getting, it's getting serious here as you start to look at the way things lay out. You are not even 10. You're not 11. You're 12. And you're four games below 500. So mm-hmm. instead of looking at where you are in the standings, you just look in terms of getting back to 500, and Utah is one of the hottest teams in the association. Then you come home and you've got a five-game stand against three really good teams and a couple of games that we used to call winnable. Now we don't call anything anything anymore, but 
what Steve said, I hope we continue to see, which is effort. And they gave effort last night. Put aside the fact that they lost to a essentially a G League team, they did show a lot more effort than they did the two previous games. I'll give them that. I already know what you're going to say, but I want to throw this out there just throw to, it. Well, just to kind of sort of be a measuring stick for where we all are mentally. Um, if I offered you play in tournament spot right now, would you take it? Would I take it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if you offered me, well, the three scenarios are play off one through six, play in seven through 10, or you're in the lottery. Or out. Yeah. The most likely right now is you're just out. So if you're giving me a play in, I'll take it right now for sure. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, hey, Maybe hold out hope and they're a top well, six? I, I, I think that we've only felt that way for maybe about a week or so. You know, I, yeah. I know a lot of people, but, oh, yeah. it's over. I've been saying it all year. Yeah, sure. But uh, I remember, like, 10 days ago, we threw out the idea of making the top six. And in that moment, the betting odds still suggested it was better than 50-50 proposition. That the Warriors would, would put it together and get healthy and rally and be one of the top six teams in uh, in the West. And you look at it right now, and it feels almost far-fetched at this point, just mathematically. To be top six. Yeah. Um, the math and you look at the teams that are ahead of you, right. and those are some good teams. It's not like you know there's a couple of frauds up in that mix. And I'm looking at uh, the sportsbook odds right now at DraftKings. To make the playoffs, no is minus 400. Yes is plus 300. So you're getting 3-1 to odds if you think that they can still do it. Now, this would include making it out of the play-in game and making it into the playoffs. No is the heavy the heavy chalk right now. Minus 400 to the no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. All right, uh, Steve Kerr was great. You can go to uh, the Odyssey app or YouTube if you missed any point of that and you would like to check it all out in case you missed it right before Steve came on and want to qualify to win the signed and framed Christian McCaffrey jersey. Here's the keyword against my better judgment, but the keyword is fumble. So all you need to do right now is text the word fumble to 20357. Fumble to 20357. Do that and you're qualified to win. It's that simple. And then make sure you're locked in all week because we give you three more opportunities to qualify on this show and then three more during Steiny and Goo, three more during the morning roast as well. Put that number 20357 into your phone so it's ready to go throughout the rest of the week. And we have breaking news. 95.7 The Game. Breaking news. <laughs> And this is according to Shams, and that is that the Toronto Raptors and the Indiana Pacers are in active talks on a trade centered on two-time All-Star Pascal Siakam for a package that is expected to include three first-round draft picks. So that is the story. It is not a done deal, but when you start to see what the return is and just process it through the fact that Shams decided to go ahead and put this on Twitter, that tells you that a deal is apparently, in terms of a framework, is in place, and they are moving toward the goal line of Pascal Siakam, headed to the Indiana Pacers, which, by the way, has been the favorite landing spot for him all along. Active talks. I mean, that's not a done deal, but 
active talks mean, all right, let's make sure that everything works. The active talks, they're probably both on the NBA trade machine, type, type, type in a way to make sure that that is going to work financially. And you look at the Pacers, they don't have a lot of big-time dollars. They do have Miles Turner. You got Buddy Heald on an expiring at 19.2. You got Bruce Brown making 22 with a team option for next year. Other than that, the Pacers are replete with uh, low-priced guys. Right, right. Which is why the picks would have to go. Well, and the takeaway for me is just that. And I I think if you're a Warrior fan, this is what needs to resonate in your mind if you are hopeful of the Warriors getting Pascal Siakam. And I've been trying to say this for weeks when people are like, send them Wiggins. The Toronto Raptors were getting rid of Pascal Siakam at the deadline for one reason and one reason alone, and that is to gain future young assets. Now, there was never a time where the Warriors were going to get into this conversation without including Kaminga and Moody. And most Warrior fans I know are like, get Siakam, but don't trade Kaminga. Well, you can't do that. You just can't do it. The Warriors do not have the young assets to give up unless they're fully willing to get rid of their two young pieces, maybe even three. Put Pajemski in there as well. And so if you want to do that, then maybe you could get Pascal Siakam. But if you're not going to do that, that's what Toronto's after. They're not, for, they're not out for your salary matchers. They're not out for Andrew Wiggins. Right. They're out for building blocks for the future. And so the Pacers are apparently willing to include three first-round draft picks. That's what the Raptors are after. And and so uh, Siakam and the Warriors has never been a perfect fit because you, you would have to ask yourself, what are you after here? What are you after? Because I hear people do this all the time. Well, the Warriors need to make a trade, but it's not like they're winning this year. Well, then there's no reason to go get Pascal Siakam. Right. If you don't think this year's salvageable, that's not the phone call to make. Well, if you do think it's salvageable and it's going to cost you Kaminga, and let's just say you could get rid of Chris Paul, although I think Toronto would rather have Buddy Heald if he's in the deal. We don't really know yet. You're going to have to throw in three first-round picks and your lottery selection in Kaminga, who is playing great of late, and he's trending toward being a really good player. You bring in Siakam, you lose Chris Paul, and is that team good enough to win a championship this year? Because if it isn't, Clay's expiring, Siakam's expiring, and you lost Kaminga and multiple first-round picks, all for a two-month hope. So I don't think that that deal makes sense. And I'm wondering what Indiana will throw in terms of salary because you don't want to trade Miles Turner. You probably do want to trade Buddy Heald. He's only making 19.3 you got to climb all the way up. They have uh, Daniel Theus making almost seven, and he almost never plays. So I wonder if you know this rule. I don't know this rule. What are the picks worth when it comes to the salary match Super situation? Question. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I'm. I want to look that up. It, they are worth something. Though, yeah, they were okay. absolutely. I think so. They're not just. I don't think you have to do a full full salary match. If there are picks in there, there has to be a financial value attached to them. I don't know that rule. And I would love to know that rule uh, when it comes to, to something like this, in terms of what the Pacers might have to, uh, to throw in there. Um, but from the Warriors' side, he, here's sort of what I'm thinking, especially after watching the long weekend of basketball on the road, where I would say that was a fun 
And nice win in Chicago, though you came out of it going, they still can't stop anybody. Then you had a surprising and fun loss in Milwaukee because they hung in there and Steph didn't play. And then you had yesterday, which made you want to vomit. So that's kind of the way you look at the weekend. And now add this in. Let's assume Siakam, this goes through, and he's going to the Indiana Pacers. Let's also keep in mind what happened individually in some of these games over the weekend. Jonathan Kaminga was fantastic. Yep. He was flat out fantastic. And the Warriors already, according to reports, were real hesitant to give him up. So, if Andrew Wiggins, if they're hell-bent on dealing him, even if they get almost nothing in return, and Kaminga is playing his way into staying, I think you add up everything that happened over the weekend, I'm certainly not saying it's likely. I'm simply saying that I think it became a little bit likelier that the names Clay and Dre could end up in a trade. Wow. Uh, That, to me, would be stunning. I agree. I'm still putting it at way less than 50-50. Yeah. But I'm just putting building blocks together of, A, you lost games you should win. Sure. B, Kaminga played his butt off. C, Siakam's going somewhere else. Uh, D, you all seem hell-bent on getting rid of Wiggins, even if you just get a song back. Put that all together, and if what you're going to say is Kaminga doesn't go, but boy, we really want to make moves, ah, all I'm saying is there's a slight uptick in the possibility in my mind that in particular Draymond Green um, might be involved in a deal. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a couple of uh, major deals. I don't think they'd be involved in the same deal, Mm. and I know Mm -hmm. there's been rumors of Draymond Green getting traded to the Lakers and uh, Hachimura being involved, and Vucevic ultimately being the player that they net. I can't remember who cited that as a three-team trade Bill Simmons with Chicago. That there. Yeah. So that's a trade. That one makes sense to me. Draymond going to L.A. and joining LeBron, and if it gets you Vucevic, then maybe that's something. I also heard rumors about DeJounte Murray in Atlanta maybe being a piece that the Warriors would want. And, you know, the Hawks are a team that have kind of been a mess in terms of how they're running things, so you might be able to get DeJounte Murray. Wiggins might be a part of that if you can convince them, like Steve was trying to convince us, that he's been playing better. And I thought he did play better last night. Wiggins showing a little bit more effort, a little bit more of the forcefulness that you want from him. And honestly, right now, Mark, if you're a Warrior fan, you want Wiggins out there playing well. You need him playing well. That way his value can rise from where it's been, which has been next to zero. Yeah, I agree with you, although I don't know if a couple of games here or there at the end of of January are really going to pique the interest of of other teams. I just don't know. I like This has felt to me all along like something that is well-known inside NBA circles and not well-known outside. We're all sitting here with the same thoughts about Andrew Wiggins. We have no idea what the hell happened. All I know is he yeah. disappeared for February and March. Then he came back. He was kind of nice in the playoffs. And there was an injury at the end. And he's come back this year and looked like the absolute worst version of himself that we've ever seen. And from Kendra Andrews to Stephen A. Smith, everybody who's really dialed in in the NBA circles behind the scenes seems to know what went on, but no one will tell. And I get that, and that's fine. But I, I believe that these things are related. 
and and I would imagine that NBA GMs know what's going on. And so they feel, based on what I'm hearing, very hesitant to give up anything that matters yeah. for Andrew Wiggins. Well, he might be a part of a, of a bigger trade, or yep. if you're going to send a pick out, then and I know you can't send this this year's pick out because it's already spoken for, only top four protected, but you've got future draft picks. And if you're thinking in terms of the way you think, which is the future of Golden State only extends as long as Steph Curry is here. So you're talking about two or three years. Maybe you do end up trading a couple of firsts in the future in order to get something back now that can be helpful to Steph Curry. Yeah, that well, that's, again, helpful to Steph Curry means what? Let's define that. Draymond Green is what it means, right, in my but, opinion. Uh, but, I, I, that's why I don't think that he gets traded. The clay okay. piece is interesting because he is expiring, but... What team would want to take on the rest of $42 million for Clay, knowing that at the end of the year he can go wherever he wants? Well, sure, but that's, I mean, that's the Occam, right? Like, I mean, if you're going for a run, if you're trying to, if you're trying yeah. to go for a run, you know what I mean? Like, Siakam 29, though, still playing yeah. peak basketball. But if somebody thinks, hey, we could use a wing shooter 3 and D guy for a title run, uh, Clay Thompson's not a ridiculous idea. He's not a ridiculous idea, and and his. But Warrior fans also need to understand that his return would reflect that. Yeah, the return would not be about the name value of Clay Thompson. It would be an expiring guy that we want to get for a run, and with no promises after that. And you don't get a lot for that stuff, right? And so, you'd have to find. And we went through the list of salaries before with Clay making yeah. forty-two. There aren't Jeez. a lot of matches. You Correct. Know, all the guys making that much are number ones. Or, you know, it's it's Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers. Yeah, or the, they mean, aren't guys who are gonna get dealt. You could gather more than one person though to add up sure. to that. So that's that's one possibility. But listen, again, I, I'd still put it at much less than likely. But that to me is the exercise. If I'm Mike Dunleavy, Joe Lacob, everybody over there, right now you gotta define what that sentence means. Maximizing the end of Steph Curry's career. For I think a couple years now. We have automatically defined that as keeping the big three and potentially moving young pieces to give the big three even more. Yeah. Well, if this year a title run is totally far-fetched, which it is, well, then what does that mean? What does maximizing the remainder of Steph Curry's career mean? I think it means something different now. It doesn't mean, hey, all in on big three, and let's see if we can find more veterans to put around them. Like, I don't know, trade Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. Okay, that's one idea. But if now becomes totally far-fetched, you're actually talking about the next two years. So you're not going right. to mortgage Kaminga for Siakam. Yeah. That doesn't that that doesn't matter. So I wonder what Steph is thinking. When you say maximize the rest of his career, is he thinking this season or is he thinking next season? Maybe they're thinking Wishnowski. <laughs> Honestly. If you're and I know four what you game, mean. I know punt. what you mean. Yes. If you're four below and you could. Clay's coming off the books and Chris Paul's coming off the books and Wiggins, you still hold out hope that Wiggins might be the player that he used to be. I guess. And at the very least, like you said, Mark, if you try to deal him now, you're selling low. Maybe you wait until the offseason when Wiggins is actually back. So if you're four games below and there's no deal at the deadline that makes real good sense, 
Then you go full Wisnowski and you play it out. You play the kids, and then you get to April and May and realize, all right, Clay, will you take half? And what are we doing with the rest of our roster spots? Can we get better between now and next October if, in fact, there's nothing you could do with the deadline? The developing news from Shams is that the Raptors and Pacers are in active talks on a trade that is centered on Pascal Siakam going to Indiana in exchange for a package centered around three Future first round picks. Your reaction to that, your calls, what should the Warriors do now? 888-957-9570. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Willard and Dibs, on the free Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast. While you're there, you can check out all the great content from our other shows. Brian Baldinger was on with the Morning Roast, Steiny and Goo, and all of their content as well. This is Willard and Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Um, do you ever uh, read, like, the uh, the iTunes service agreement? You know that thing you got to go through? Uh, and, I, I don't have acceptable, iTunes. Whatever. Yeah. Any any of those things. No. You it's ever, scroll to the bottom yeah. as fast as possible, check the box, check the box, and move on. And move on. Yeah. So reading the uh, NBA trade salary matching rules. Oh, good luck. It's kind of like that. And by the way, I've not been able to really find anything with regard to the draft picks and what their specific value is. What I have been able to find is the rules are different for different teams in different years and different this and different that. Yeah. Because it's like, are you a below the first tax apron team? Yeah. Or yeah. are you above the first tax apron? Well, now you got different rules and all this. So, like, I could read three sentences here and you would already want to punch me in the face. It's brutal. You would, yeah. You'd be like, I can't, I don't want to follow this. Yeah. I can't follow this. Below the first tax apron of $172.346 million uh, means the 200% of the outgoing salary plus 250k for any amount up to $7.5 million. The outgoing salary plus $7.5 for, for any, like, what? Yeah. I, so I don't know. That's don't, my answer. I don't. <laughs> I give up. Yeah, and I wonder how many teams are 
above the apron. I don't believe Indiana's even close to the apron, so they don't necessarily have to meet those those qualifications. And uh, Toronto, I'm not sure if they are either. Looking at Atlanta, and uh, DeJounte Murray's making 18.2, but he still has another $100 million on his deal. So that might... That might limit the the Warriors' desire to get him back in any sort of a trade. Trey Young, my goodness, he's making he makes a lot of money. Yeah, he's yeah. making one hundred and thirty five after this year, and uh, that's just a team that I heard rumored about maybe trying to part with some part with some big names because they are they're going nowhere. So yeah. might be a team. Um, let's uh, let's hear from Akai on this in Hayward. Hey, Kai, what are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm driving home in the rain right now. How are you guys? Uh, be safe, my man. We're fine. Appreciate it. Hey, just wanted to bring up uh, two words. I think that the Warriors are really, uh, as Warriors and the fans, um, that we need to consider is confidence and, and pressure. You know, I'm thinking about all these past years that the Warriors couldn't take home the chip after a season, and we looked at the confidence that we still had. Uh, based on Steve Kerr, the players, and uh, Lacob. And then also a missing piece that we don't have now is Bob Myers. And so I think the pressure and the question for confidence is really on Michael Dunleavy. I mean, when you think about when the Warriors couldn't win consistently or when we had to change things up, they were able to bring up Cousins, they got Durant, and we were able to, you know, win the chip after that. But then the question now is, can Michael Dunleavy do something that can bring back confidence despite of all the pressure that's around us. I think we're looking at Steve Kerr. He's got pressure on him. Steph definitely has pressure on him. Uh, you know, the the whole organization has pressure on them. But the question is, can Michael Denlevy be somebody that we can look into and say, hey, he's going to bring and instill confidence back? Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to your answer. Yeah, thanks, thanks Akai. Akai. Appreciate that. Uh, I'll say this. This is almost like having an affirmative action conversation with somebody, no matter which side you are on that. And, and here's what I mean by that. We can't compare Mike Dunleavy and what he does right now to Bob Myers bringing in Kevin Durant. Like, that Warrior team had all of the advantages all set for it, and it was already playing at the very top of the league. And that might be the greatest free agent acquisition in the history of Of free agency. Right, but even go before that, Iguodala comes in. Like, you're playing a different game when you're up at the top already. Uh, You're born on third base, and you're figuring out how to get home. That's what that team was doing. This, what Mike Dunleavy has been given, is a total transitional situation and you are dealing with a much more difficult set of circumstances and need to find a way to rise to the top um i would argue that much more time should be offered to mike dunleavy hell how long has he been the gm how long has he been Uh, seven months months, yeah whatever in there right like he's going to be afforded much more time and this is a very different job Like, yes, the job on the surface, the first sentence, is maximizing the remainder of Steph Curry's career. But it's also going to be to usher him out and figure out what the Warriors are going to do when he decides to retire. And how does that look? And what I think they're dealing with right now, the importance of the big three finishing in Warrior uniforms, what is the cost of letting them go? What is the cost of keeping them? 
And that cost-benefit analysis, boy, is fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating and very difficult. So I just think it'd be it's important for Warriors fans to acknowledge that. Don't act like everybody who's sitting there now has all the advantages that the team had seven years ago. This is a completely different assignment. And the cost-benefit analysis is probably being done at a much higher level than Mike Dunleavy. It's being done by the bean counters who are looking at attendance figures, and they're doing perspective models based on if you have just three of them, if you have two of them, if you have one of them, and they're all just projections. You don't really know, but based on all the data that they can assemble, they're looking at attendance and concessions and jersey sales and all the rest of it. So it goes beyond just the finances of, oh, trade this guy and bring in this guy. Because the value of the big three together, there is value in that. And we saw that earlier this year where they had that 11-30-23 game. No doubt. And they made a big deal out of it. And so, unless they find a trade that is super-duper amenable to their bottom line and helps them now and in the future, they might not make any deal at the deadline in 23 days. But there is a cost to keeping them as well. Correct. And, and, And we're in a unique position of being able to see this every day. Uh, there's a lot of anger and fatigue out there. Yes. A lot. And you don't want to get to the point where the Giants got. Well, you're only going to stir that anger and fatigue up even more. Like, you know exactly what... And again, I know Sports Talk Radio, it's social media. It's not a fully accurate portrayal of what's going on in, in the real world. But what do you think would happen to these lines right now if the Warriors came out and announced a new two-year, $60 million extension for Clay Thompson? It would be... I don't think it would be outrage. There'd be some people who'd be happy about it. Mm. Some people would be outraged. I don't think that it would be widespread, unanimous outrage. Like, Like what was the reaction to Draymond's deal? Not unanimous. Well, that one was different, though, because we hadn't seen this yet. Right, but we had seen... The thought in the moment, right now, today, January 16th, is that the Warriors suck. That's the thought. That's where your minds are all at. And if that's where your minds are at, and most of you would, would intensely argue that the Warriors are too old, and that chasing this big three narrative for further years to come is a fool's errand. I think that that's most people's argument, and it's a fair one. And if that's most people's argument, you come out today and announce an extension for Clay Thompson, whew, I do not think that that would be um, a positive reaction for most. I don't think that it would be 100% negative. It might be more negative than positive, but there is a certain romanticism, and there are fans who still want to see the big three go out together, fans who aren't really yet ready to give up on the big three as maybe not still being a dynasty, but still being able to to give the fans what they got last year. And last year wasn't a title, but last year was pretty fun. It was something. It was, Seven it over was, Sacramento yes. and a thriller against the Lakers. It Steve was, even mentioned it. Relevance. Right. It was relevance. Relevance into May. Yes. It was playoff basketball, and they, they got six wins. You need 16, but... You know, they did something compared to where we are now. No doubt. I'm feeling romantic about last year. Listen, I'm I'm totally with you, and, and you, you know. Like, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, the marketing side of this, 
Um, the, uh, the 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 fan that's not the diehard. Like I know there's a lot of diehards that listen to us all every day because they're diehards, right? Right, and 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 I don't. The diehard doesn't always understand that. Like some people out there, like if you just traded Draymond Green or Clay Thompson tomorrow, there's a huge portion of the fan base that's like, wait, what? Yeah. Why did you do that? Why would you trade one of their best players? That's how a lot of people would react. Because they're not in this every day with the Draymond said this, and then Clay said, I'm not going to lose sleep over the booze. Right. And then, it, like, some of us are way, way, waist deep in this. But there's a cost to that to a lot of the fans if you get rid of that legacy. As I said, though, there's also a cost to keeping them, which is that you're going to anger a lot of your base. Right. And so I think that's where the chessboard right now is moving. Yeah, and I think about the San Francisco Giants in terms of how they handled their legends, and they didn't have a Steph Curry. Well, they did, but he disappeared into Washington, Tim Lincecum. But with the way they handled the I mean, Buster Buster, yeah. the way they handled the end of their legends was a strategy. And it did not net wins. And, you know, it's interesting to see how the Warriors will handle it. And we have 23 days till the deadline, and we're going to go round and round on this topic. No doubt. Until we get to that point. And when we get past that point, we'll talk about it again in the offseason. Kickoff show Sunday, okay? Larry Kruger, Lorenzo Neal, two hours live before the start of the game. Let's call it Saturday, actually. Join us at the Hilton Santa Clara. Delicious food, great drinks, best pregame show in the Bay. Presented by Habas Law. You've been wrong. Habas Law will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit HabasLaw.com. And what's coming up in the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. And that is a treat, ladies and gentlemen. It is Warriors Roundtable. Here comes Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean coming up next. You want to do it again tomorrow? Rain dance! I'm going to take that as a yes. For Dibs, for Grandy, <laughs> for Lucas, I'm Mark. Shoot your shot. It is all you got. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 